Welcome to the WatermarkOC.Church podcast. Thank you for listening. Good to see you guys this morning. Welcome to Watermark. So happy you guys found your way over here this morning, especially if you came for the first time. My name is Pastor Bucky, and uh, just to extend a gracious welcome to you. Thanks for coming to hang out this morning. There's a lot going on in Orange County. The freeways just, people are flying by even right now. And you took the time to take some rest to reflect on uh, the words of Jesus this morning, to be in worship. So good for you. Um, you know, Watermark, our church is really about family. I remember I moved to OC about, it's probably been 30 years ago, that Kat and I graduated from college. We're about the age of these, these band leaders up here, these folks. It's so fun to see the young folks leading worship here this morning. But we were about the same age when we moved to Orange County, and we were trying to find our way. You know, just got a job in a busy, growing business, uh, had a wife, trying to figure out marriage, kids were going to be coming on the way soon, and had a lot of questions about how to do life in Orange County. And we walked across the street to a small little church, and we found some friends that are still our friends today, friends for life. We found a group of people that loved us, and some people that encouraged us and walked with us through the ups and downs of life. We had mountaintops and bursts, but we had challenges and valleys and financial difficulties at times and changes of careers, uh, even the death of a child. And to have the church, the, the people of God around us, to pray for us, to love us, to, to be with us in season and out and show us what it means to walk a life of commitment, faith, and love was such a blessing to us. And that's what the church is all about. That's what Watermark was all about. We're a family. We're about walking in faith with Jesus and we just want to welcome you if you're here for the first time. As Ben said, we take an offering every week in the offering boxes. Uh, you're our guest this morning. Don't worry about that. There is a connection card in the pew right in front of you. If you have any needs for prayer, if you have any questions about how we might serve you in Orange County, uh, help you with any needs you might have, we're here to serve you. We're here to help you take your steps of faith. If you have questions about God, you know, what does it mean to to know Jesus, who he is, what does it mean to follow him? That's, that's what we're all about. We're just in love with Jesus. We're trying to follow him and worship him in the OC. So thanks for coming today. Uh, afterwards, we always hang out, so be sure to shake some hands and love to get to know you afterwards. We are in a series called The Secret of Easy. We're kicking off a new, a new thing, and Jesus used this term, right? He said, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, in the ancient world that Jesus lived, Yoke was common day. Did anybody see any yokes on the way to church this morning uh, in the fields out there? No, we have a different kind of yokes today. But the yoke in the ancient world was an amazing tool because a farmer loved a yoke because he had to plow a field. And, and that yoke, that, that piece of wood with those two uh, stirrups, uh, the, the leather stirrups, they allowed him to take two draft animals, they're called draft animals, animals that are used for plowing, and tie them together with a yoke. Uh, most of the time it was like an oxen. So you, instead of the farmer having to push a plow or plow the field with a trowel in his hand, he took two yoke and he would yoke them together and put that plow behind him and they would plow the field for him. And he would have a lot less burden in the work. The work was still there. The oxen had to do the work, but they did it together. And it made the, li- the, 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 the life that they had to live easier and the burden less. And Jesus used that term, and he brought it into the world of the first century Israel, and he was talking to God's people about what he came to do. He came to offer this easy yoke, 
that had to do with relationship and life with God. Life in the easy yoke in the rule, under the rule and reign of God. Jesus says the kingdom of God is right now, right here. And it's available to you. Repent, change your thinking, change your way of life, trying to plow life and do life on your own. And join with me, yoke with me, and I will bring you into grace, mercy, and the eternal relationship that God offers to each one of us. Take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. And that yoke of Jesus, although it's an ancient word, it still speaks to the lives of today, to the, the burdens and the blessings of the modern world and the, the OC that we all have to deal with. Oh, wherever you're a part of in America today, the easy yoke speaks to the burdens and blessings of the modern world because the modern world has brought us so many choices, right? I mean, a lot of you guys are checking the scores right now while you're listening to the sermon, right? That's okay. Who's up? Rams better be winning. But, you know, we've got so many choices. We're so connected. Technology has brought so many options to us. Information is available to us just at the touch of a button, right? Uh, We have amazing advancements in science and medicine. I mean, there's incredible breakthroughs that are happening. It's amazing. Me, as a guy who's had heart surgery, I just can't wait for the next surgery. I I can wait, but the next surgery is not going to be open heart for me. It's going to be through my leg, through a catheter, because of the advances of technology. It's amazing the progress, the opportunity, and the activities, right? I think about only 12% of people in Orange County will go to church, and one of the reasons they won't go to church is because there's so many activities. They're in kids' sports. They're running to the malls. They're shopping. They're racing. They're doing all these things because there's so much busyness, activity, and pace, and options available to us because we have affluence, we have wealth, we have opportunity. There's incredible blessings in the modern world that we all get to enjoy, right? The choice of the consumer. Which place do I want to shop at? Which, which mall do I want to go to? Which restaurant do I want to enjoy a meal at? So many choices and options. And yet, those blessings have brought a lot of burdens too. Um, we see the burden of anxiety. In, in spite of all the options and all the stuff, anxiety is on the rise in our world today. <laughs> There's more pressure than ever to keep up with the Joneses and, and the expectations of a modern world and the products that have to be produced and meet the needs of a consumer. There's pressure to perform and produce. And the burdens create a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of people isolated. As Mother Teresa looked at the West, she said, the, the leprosy of the West is loneliness. In spite of all this technology and all this stuff, people are lonelier and feel isolated more than ever. And then there's the burnout. The burden of debt, the burden of of trying to keep up, the burden of producing, and the burnout that this 24-7, all-connected, you know, texting consumer life just becomes weary and eats away at our life. The World Health Organization said that the, the number one epidemic in the 21st century is not cancer, it's stress. The number one epidemic in the 21st century is stress. We're burdened, we're overburdened, we're over-information, we're overloaded, and we're moving fast at the speed of light, and we're burning out left and right. And to those blessings and burdens of the modern world, the voice of Jesus, the ancient voice, saying, my yoke is easy, speaks 
to the world today. Jesus said these words to a crowd of people that were burdened, they were weary, they were burned out on religion and oppression through the Pharisees and the legalistic teachers of his day. And he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, in the ancient world, when you were going to plow a field as a farmer and you had a yoke, you would never put two young oxen together. You'd never do that. Even though they had vim and vigor and they were strong, they didn't have maturity. They didn't have wisdom. They hadn't learned the discipline of plowing a straight line. So they would fight for control, and one of them would pull, pull the yoke out off the track and run away to a field. Or maybe he'd see a young she-ox and say, hey, I want to go talk to her and pull the plow off, off, off the straight furrow, right? Or they'd slow down, they'd stop, and one would lay down because he wanted to have a nap, and the other would fall down. And so they weren't in rhythm, they would fight. You'd never take two young oxen, even though they were full of vim and vigor, because they thought they knew how to plow the field their way. And it was always a mess. So what you would do is you would take an old oxen, old ox, a wise ox, an ox who had learned to plow the field, an ox who would learn to share the weight of the load so the, the plow could go easy in a rhythm of light, Light, light rhythm, not too fast, not too slow. The work would be done. The barn would be ready. There'd be hay. There'd be rest in another rhythm of the day. And the wise ox had learned that rhythm, had learned that partnership of sharing the burden. The wise ox was finding life in, under that partnership of that yoke. And Jesus said, I am the wise one, right, who's come to show you the way and the way to bear the burden of life. Uh, I was a, a young ox in Orange County, as I said, when I first moved in. I was in my 20s, and there were some old oxes that wanted to run a marathon. There were about 10 guys in my neighborhood. They're about 10, 10 to 15 years older, and they're going to run a marathon. And they bought these books, and they went in this regimen of eating right, eating the right things. What are we going to eat? And how are we going to? Every day we're going to train a little bit and then train a little bit more. And then on the weekends we're going to have a long run, then a short run. They had this four-month calendar planned out. They had eating meals. They had the right kind of protein bars that they were eating. They had all this stuff. And they were going to, they were going to run the, Orange, the uh, LA Marathon at the end of that. Now, after about three and a half months, I just happened, was happened to have dinner with them one night, and they were talking about, tomorrow's a 17-mile run, and we've been training, and we're going to do this. And, uh, and, and I go, 17 miles? Come on, that's easy, dude. You've got to train three and a half to run, to run 17 miles? I've got to run 17 miles in my sleep. I mean, I played basketball. I, I'm in the leagues. Basketball players could outrun. You know, you, you, guys, you guys are Ponies, this is, this is a joke. You're, you've been eating and training. I'm, I'm eating a big fat steak. I go, tomorrow, you know what? I'll, I'll kick all your guys' butt. I, I'm not even training. I haven't trained for three months. I'll, get, I'll run 17 miles and I'll blow you guys away. You watch. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. You know, these were a couple of Trojans, by the way, and I'm a Bruin. So, you know, a little of that came into play. You know, Trojans and Bruins, who's going to win? And I kind of popped off my mouth a little bit too much. Because the next morning, there was a knock on the door, and they were waiting for me. <laughs> well, guy, you, oh, I was just, uh, okay. So we start running, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm huffing and puffing. I'm not doing okay. I was in good shape. I was young, and, you know, I had a lot of vim and vigor. 
after about 10 miles, I was hanging in there. You know, I was getting a little bit tired, and they would offer me some water because I didn't have any water. And I'm coming along, and I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit sick, and I don't know. And so I kind of broke through after about 12 miles and started to feel my oats, actually. I started to feel pretty good. 12, 14, and they're going, they can't believe I didn't drop off. They can't believe I didn't blow up. Here's 14 miles, and all of a sudden I say, you know, guys, I'm kind of I'm tired of this stuff. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm kind of like, you guys, uh, I'll see you at the finish line. Pachoom, I took off. I blew them away. I finished these 17 miles. I remember I was at the curb with a, with a morning newspaper in my hand. I was reading it when the guys were finishing. Hey, guys, what's up? I've been waiting for you. Making fun of these guys, laughing at them. I know better than you. I'm the young ox that just kicked your butt. Everything was great. Till the next morning when I tried to get out of bed. And I, I could hardly walk. And for some reason, I couldn't put any pressure on my foot. Ow. Ow, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? I stress fractured my foot. And I was out, out of the game for months. My, my team that was counting on me to play in the ceiling and win was saying, what are you doing? You blew yourself out, man. You stressed yourself out. You put too much pressure too early and too fast, and you, your body couldn't bear that, and you fractured your foot. You young ox. You foolish one. How many couples... Young, young with vim and vigor in the OC get together for marriage and they have these big dreams and they say, just a little more debt, just a little more leverage and we can have that house, a little more burden and we can get that thing and they're overwhelmed with debt and pressure and their marriage gets blown out because they're putting it all on their, they're putting that yoke of pressure and finance and debt and they're trying to run as hard as they can to make a dream happen and they're pressured and burdened. How many lives... How many parents, oh, kids sports, how many parents put this pressure of performance on their kids and they push them and they grind them? How many of my daughter's friends quit when they had college scholarships because they didn't care because they were burned out by all the sports pressure and all the grinding and the pushing parents? How many young girls trying to live up to the picture on the screen of this beautiful, perfect body don't feed themselves and have eating disorders because they take on the pressure of this perfect performance life in the OC and proving them I'm enough and it destroys their soul. How many addictions because of the burden and the pressure of taking on the yoke of trying to live up to the Joneses, of trying to become perfect, of trying to be the one have to exit through addiction and pornography. How many couples come into my, into my office at times because they've lived separate lives before and there's, there's porn and there's other sexual experiences and they feel so broken they don't even know how to put their sexual life together because of all the past things and all the shame and the guilt and the comparisons. How many times do people say, I can take the yoke and make it happen on my own? Jesus still has a word to the yokes and the burdens and the wearisome yokes of today. He says, take my yoke upon me. Come to me if you're weary and burdened. And so many people in OC are burdened by debt, burdened by addictions, burdened by unhealthy behaviors, burdened by running so fast at work and making it their God that they're just being stressed and pressured and they're blowing out their marriages and they're hurting their kids and they're dysfunctional. They don't have friendships and they're all alone. And Jesus cries out and says, come to me. 
Come to me if you're trying to do life on your own. Come to me if you're trying to bear the burden of performing and being perfect. Come for me if you're trying to create rest on your own. Here are some of the yokes that really burden and blow up people and stress people and weary people in today's world. The same one as the same one with Jesus, the burden of religion. You know, Jesus didn't come to create a religion. Jesus, matter of fact, he, he, he was frustrated with the religious leaders of his day. Jesus came to offer us a relationship with the eternal God and an easy yoke. The, the religious leaders of Jesus' day said the law, by keeping the law, 613 commandments, if you keep these things, you'll find rest in God. You'll make yourself acceptable to God. As a matter of fact, in order to help you keep them, we're going to put some more burdens on them. We're going to build some fences It's called the oral tradition. So they added oral traditions and interpretations just in keeping the Sabbath, right? That was given by God to us as a day of rest. The Pharisees took that and they created 26, 26 interpretations of what it meant to work and not work on the Sabbath with rules underneath each one of them. It became this burden and this stress and this focus on legalism versus the life that the law meant to bring. You see, God never gave the law to his people so that they would, it would, they would earn rest. God gave the law to his people so they would find rest in God, right? So they would, it was a tutor to help them know that they needed God's grace. They needed a savior. The whole sacrificial system pointed to the fact that we're all broken. We're all under the yoke of bondage and brokenness and selfishness and pride, and we need a rescue, We need forgiveness. We need God's grace and his love. But the religious leaders turned it into a burden and said, you have to earn salvation. You have to earn justification. You have to make it happen on your own. It was a pressure yoke. And those same religious ideals are still in the world today. You know? The unique thing about Christianity, if you would say, what's unique about Christianity amongst all the religions of the world? I would say it's not a religion. And the word is Grace. Because religion says do. This is what you have to do to earn your relationship with God. And Christianity says done. This is what Jesus did to earn it for you. And he offers you a grace-filled yoke and forgiveness and mercy and love. That is so different than religion. It's a relationship through grace. The burden of scientific naturalism. You know, that's really the philosophy that really owns the world today. Scientific naturalism is the philosophy that America lives under, right? We're skeptical of the supernatural, and science is really the God. And through technology, as we can marshal the laws of nature, and we can test, and we can experiment, we can do amazing things, and science is awesome. And yet, it doesn't have a big enough story for us. The scientific yoke says that your life ends at the grave, You're a random chance accident. You evolve from nothing. And guess what? You're going to nothing when you die. And that yoke is burdensome and weary. Because all science can do is deal with the natural. And it has brought blessing, but it does not have a supernatural story. It does not have a God of grace and mercy and love. What about the yoke of hedonism? Boy, Orange County, are we, I mean, pleasure seeking at its best. We already talked about that. I mean, no sexual boundaries. Whenever, whoever, whatever, pleasure, have it whenever you want to, right? 
And yet the bondage, the addiction, the brokenness, the lack of ability to connect as pornography changes a teen's mind and messes them up so much they don't even know how to have a healthy relationship between a man and a woman. The brokenness of freedom fun without any boundaries, without any wisdom. The burden of hedonism, earning rest through the pursuit of self-centered pleasure. What about the burden of materialism, the yoke of materialism? You can find your rest, you just have to buy it. You're just one purchase away from happiness. You can create your own rest through money and power and consumption. And yet so many people are indebted. Our country is indebted, incredibly indebted. And our nation is a, is a nation of people that are overspending their lives. You see, these aren't yokes that provide freedom. As Ben said, these yokes, yokes do not ultimately provide rest. And they say this one lie, you can achieve and earn rest on your own. I can earn rest and achieve it on my own. And the gospel is the total opposite of that. You see, Jesus said, rest is something that you can achieve. It's not something that you can earn. It's something that I give, and it comes through life-giving relationship with your creator and your God. That's where rest comes from. It comes from Jesus' easy yoke. That's why he says, come to me, and I will give you rest. You know, Jesus just wasn't a rabbi. just wasn't a moral teacher with codes and laws that were amazing. But Jesus made some amazing claims. He claimed to be God. He received worship, and he was a Jew. That would have been blasphemous, and people bowed down and they worshiped him. He said he had the ability to forgive sins. Only at the temple through sacrifice could sins be forgiven. And he said, go away, son, your sins are forgiven. He proclaimed forgiveness of sins. He did miracles, proving he was from God and was God. He taught like nobody ever taught. He said he was eternal. He said, before Abraham existed, I am. Calling back to the covenant name of God, saying that he was God in the flesh. And he promised that he could give the gift of eternal life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will live even though he would die. He made these amazing claims. He didn't just claim to be a man or a good-natured teacher. He claimed to be God. In the story of the Bible, if you've read it, you understand the beginnings of creation, it says that we were made to rest in God. It says in Genesis 1 and 2 that God made us in a place of eternal rest. In a garden where there was tons of blessing and tons of yeses and tons of awesome things for us to enjoy fruit, intimacy, love with God, love between a man and a woman in a covenant life. And it says in Genesis that as God finished his creation after six days, that we were made on the sixth day, the finish of his creation, in order to live on the seventh day, right? On the seventh day, God rested, and he enjoyed his creation. And that is the picture of relationship. That is why God created us, to live out of rest, we live out of rest in relationship with God. We live out of what he's given and provided. We don't live for rest. We don't live to earn rest. We live out of rest. But we believe the lie, right? Genesis 3 tells us the serpent who was more crafty uh, tempted Adam and Eve. And he said, you know what? You don't need God to find rest. You can find rest on your own. Just 
Eat that tree that you're forbidden to eat, the one no that God said you shouldn't do. Eat that forbidden fruit and you'll become God on your own. You'll find a way to rest in peace on your own. And they bought that lie and they disconnected mankind from rest in God. And, and we've been chasing after that rest, that shalom, that peace ever since. We try to find it in religion. We try to find it through our own power and control. We try to find that through purchasing. We try, try to find that through manufacturing a restful life. But it only comes from God. And the result is that we've been living under the burdens of a heavy yoke ever since. The heavy yoke, ultimately, the ultimate heavy yoke is sin which brings death, separation from God. But Jesus came to offer us the gift, the invitation to true rest. And that's about relationship. It's about being reconciled to God. It's about coming back and receiving that yoke. That yoke is about coming back into a life-giving relationship with God. And Jesus gives us rest not through our own efforts. He doesn't ask you to earn rest. He gives us rest through his efforts on the cross for us. He earned the rest for us. He removed the barriers that separate us from God, sin and death. He took them on on the cross. He paid the price for all the sins of mankind. He defeated death in three days, and he rose from the dead, and he offers us peace and rest through reconciliation with God, through a relationship. We can enjoy that true rest by accepting, right, this yoke, by accepting his grace and forgiveness and love. Have you made that decision in your life? Are you heavy, weary, and burdened and trying to take care of life and manage life and earn love and earn rest through relationships by controlling and managing and doing it on your own? If you're weary and burdened, Jesus says, come to me and I will bring rest to your soul. I will reconnect you to God and I will bring rest and peace to your soul. And it comes through relationship with me. And it comes through learning about my easy yoke. Because he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants to teach you how to live a life of true rest. How to experience the rest that he's given you through his forgiveness and grace and love. And bring it into the experience of your everyday life. So you're not overburdened, you're not stressed out, you're not weary, you're not frustrated and angry and full of revenge and hatred and control. Jesus says, take my yoke, take my way of living, take the rhythm that I live, the understanding of how I do life, and learn from me. You see, a rabbi's yoke was his teaching. That's what it meant. Every rabbi had a yoke. It was the way that he applied the law to his life. And Jesus, being the creator of life and the one who wrote the law, this is how you live the law in real life, right? And, and here's the 603 commands. I'll just make it real simple for you. Love God and love people. They all hang on love. The purpose of the law is that we would love God and understand him and love him with all we are and love our neighbor as ourselves. Let me teach you how to live in a rhythm of grace and love as I love and accept you. As I forgive you, as I give you grace and mercy and love, and as you take that into your life and experience that, give that away and walk with others in an easy yoke of covenant love. See, you're invited to learn from Jesus in the classroom of life, right? 
This is, this is a chalk talk. This is a staff meeting. This is a pregame deal here. There's a pregame meal. We're going to take communion, and we're going to do X's and O's out of this book. But guys, the game's out there. The game's out there in your neighborhood. The game's out there uh, with the homeless and the poor and the hurting. The game's out there with a single mom who can't, you know, earn her groceries. The game's out there with the addict who's burdened and doesn't know how to break free. The game's out there with your employee that's having a very hard and bad day, and you've got to have a nice one-to-one talk. How do you do that in a loving, gracious, merciful way so you live the yoke of Jesus and you offer his grace and mercies to others? You're invited to learn out there. You're invited to learn what it means to love your neighbors yourself. You're invited to learn what it means for husbands to love your wives and die to yourselves and serve them as Christ of the church. Wives, you're invited to honor and respect your husbands as you would unto the Lord. Fathers, you're invited to train your children, not with exasperation and control and judgment, but to nurture them in the wisdom and instruction of the Lord. The game is out there, guys. And you're not alone. Jesus is with you. How is Jesus with me today? How how, how is God present? How can I walk with Jesus like those guys did? Jesus said, I'm going to send another one just like me. When he was with his guys for the last time, he said, I'm going to send another one. If I go away, I'll send another one just like me, and he will be with you always. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. God is present with you wherever you go. The power of his spirit is within you and you have his instructions for life as you take the word of God and you renew your mind. See, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the yoke of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't take on the world's patterns and ways of thinking that have trained you from the media, from your family of origin that could be dysfunctional and hurtful. Instead, spend time with Jesus. Let him change your thinking about life. Contemplate him. Meditate on him. It's not, it's not a conscious thing. You know, the conscious mind is never going to get you where you want to go. There's only so much, only 4% of what you can do is done with a conscious mind. How you form your spirit and your heart is through the subconscious mind, the part of your life. And that comes through repetition. That comes from meditating on God's word. That comes from repeating and training with Jesus, not just trying harder. Religion is about trying harder in your own strength. Training with Jesus is about learning to submit to the Spirit and letting him fill you and move you through the power of the easy yoke. It's changing your thinking. It's changing your heart. It's renewing your mind. That's why the gospel stories are so important. I would encourage you guys just to to read the gospels. Spend time with Jesus. See how he responded to people. See how he responded to circumstances. See how he dealt with challenges and burdens, death, life, decisions, money, wisdom, relationships, and see how he responded and he taught people. And spend time under his easy yoke in his classroom. Renew your mind with his word and submit to his power through the spirit, his way of life. Learning how to submit to the indwelling power, that's what the training is all about. It's not about training in power and control. It's about training in submission and surrender, Right? That's why you go into silence and solitude. You're learning to surrender your life to the words of God. That's why you take a real Sabbath. When a Sabbath is not just watching sports and doing things and replacing one to-do list with another to-do list, a Sabbath is about restoring your soul 
and meditating on God and allowing him to change you from the inside out. Letting go of the burdens of this world and work and trusting that God will provide. See, that's how to practice rest. Silence, solitude, meditating on God's word, praying with your spouse, praying with others and your family. These are disciplines or practices that help us to take on the easy yoke and submit to the power of Christ and his love. Learning how to submit. It's not about trying harder. It's about training with Jesus. I ran a marathon about 10 years after I stress fractured my foot, but I trained for it. I did the regimen. I trained. I ate the right food. I I renewed my mind with the way I was going to run the course. I had a buddy with me that ran with me. He ran right alongside me. That's why I finished when I hit the wall. He was talking to me and speaking to me. And I finished that marathon because I trained. I didn't just try harder. Jesus is inviting you to train with him. That's what the church is about. Training with another person. Do you have a a friend to walk with, to call, to pray with you, to to confess your brokenness? You're going to fail. I fail a lot trying to live like Jesus. But I have friends in my life that I can confess and talk about my brokenness in a safe place. And you know what they give me? They give me grace. They give me mercy. They give me encouragement and hope to go back and try to live a different way under the easy yoke. This is, we can't do this alone. We have to do this together. This is what a church is really about. Meeting together, gathering together. That's why we do small groups. That's why we have mentoring. That's why we have relationships. That's why the, the wise old oxes in this room like me have a younger generation of young oxes and they need training and encouragement of life, guys. You wise men who've been through so many experiences, these young men and women that are younger, they need a model, they need a hope, they need someone to teach them and train them what it means to live under the easy yoke in a purposeful, hopeful life. That's what the training is all about. It becomes easier as I walk. And Jesus teaches me to live out of rest and not earn rest. That's the secret to the easy yoke. This morning, uh, as we call the band back up and we end our time in communion, I'm just going to ask you to pray with me. And we're going to come to the table. And the table is a practice of the easy yoke. It's a spiritual practice. And when we come to communion, we're renewing our mind. We're remembering what Jesus did when he gave his life for us. We're remembering the fact that we didn't earn this table. We don't earn rest with God. We don't earn salvation, but we receive it from the Lord because he said, this is my body and this is my blood, which is given for you. We remember the easy yoke of his grace and his acceptance, his love. We lay our burdens down because we we bring our shame and our brokenness and our performance and the stuff that we're struggling for and we leave it here. And Jesus fills us instead with forgiveness and grace and purpose and love. We take that in. We take that food and yet it's a spiritual food for our soul. We remind ourselves that we're children of God. That we're running this race for God, not for ourselves. It's not about finishing first. It's about who we finish with, right? It's about who we finish with. It's about finishing with Jesus and the people that we love in our life. Are you running that race with Jesus? At this table, he offers you the remembrance of this easy yoke, this life that you live with him, that he died to give you, his body and his blood. We have four stations here. We're going to end in a time of worship. This song is called Come to the Altar. And when we come to the altar of communion, we surrender ourselves to God. 
We remember his body and blood. We thank him for what he did for us. And we ask him to fill us with his peace and his love so that we can live this life out of rest. Let's bow our heads. Maybe you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through these words, this powerful picture of the easy yoke. And and maybe you realize, I've been trying to do life on my own. I've been trying to do finances on my own. I've been trying to do my marriage through power and control on my own. I've been trying to do popularity. I'm about image, and I'm, I'm trying to earn people's love and trust rather than realizing it's already been given to me through you, Jesus. I'm addicted. I'm, I'm addicted to a yoke and a bondage of pornography. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted, and I, I, Jesus, I need you to break me free this morning from that burden and that bondage. Oh, Father, would you be merciful? to your children this morning. Would you break the bondage of the yokes of sin and death as we come to this communion table? Would we be healed in your grace and your love, Father? Fill us with mercy. Fill us with grace. Thank you for accepting me, Jesus. Even though I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, Jesus. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for freeing me. Fill me with your love that I could give it away to my friends and neighbors and my co-workers. We thank you for the easy yoke. We remember your body and blood and we worship you. You are Jesus Christ, the risen one. Meet us at this table and heal our wounds. We pray this in Christ's name. As Jesus calls you, take that piece of bread and dip in the cup and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the rest that only comes from your body and blood. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. And celebrate that together. Some of you like to go off in the corners and pray as families and couples. Just take your time or come back and continue to worship. This is a time to respond to God and let him heal our soul. When he calls you, come to the table and remember his body and blood. To find out more about us, go online to watermarkoc.church.